1: Good evening, Rifflers! This is Riffs and Rolls, the 5e TNT podcast where go to the many 5e books and talk about various roles and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake.
2: And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about Ravenloft Dark Lords!
1: Ha <laughs> so, so it's like, it like um... But the Darth Vader is a dark lord. He is a dark lord of the Sith, yes. There, there we go. That's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode.
2: <laughs> well, except you're skipping out on all the Ravenloft bits. Oh, oh, okay.
1: Ravenloft is where the ravens loft. Okay, okay, we're done for the
2: day. <laughs> <sighs> my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. Yay. Yeah, you... Sorry, me. What are we talking about exactly? <laughs> well, uh, like I mentioned on Tuesday's episode, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft uh just came out a few days ago, and there's quite a lot of neat stuff in it. So Tuesday I talked a lot about how the domains of dread work, but now we're gonna focus more on the yin to the yang of that, the actual Dark Lords trapped within. So that being said, hey Nathan, what mm-hmm. is a dark lord? He's a lord, but dark. And what's that mean? You just used the nouns
1: as per usual. Um, so a dark lord is like I almost said the same thing again. Um, <laughs> a dark lord is like this really powerful evil guy that's really powerful and really evil.
2: Whoa! <laughs> so one of the really really interesting aspects to how they're really described in this new book. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that they actually don't have to explicitly be powerful in the typical D anD D definition. But, so medieval? before I expand on that, can you just list types of power? Um, brain power, mm-hmm.
1: strength yeah. power, magic power, mm-hmm. a, a massive cock. I mean charisma. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um,
2: manpower, electrical power. <laughs> well, that one may be not quite as much in D, <laughs> but technically not wrong.
1: Yeah, I think I'm all out of powers.
2: Yeah, so some other pretty important ones to mention would be financial power and political power. Political power, all of those are types of power, and for a being to be a dark lord, they are generally powerful, but it does not have to be. In the typical way that is reflected in DD. Because there is something that I consider to be a common flaw in DD, which is the fact that a lot of written material, a lot of dungeon masters assume that a person needs to have a lot of levels to be a big bad. And that's not the case. It is entirely possible to do terrible things while remaining a squishy level one human. I mean just look at our world. We are, as far as I'm aware, a world of superhumans. And oh. yet we are also, as you just said, a world of terrible people. Like if you just look at any of what we consider powerful people in our world, why can't someone do the same thing in D D? So instead of having a necromancer you know lich you know massive hit dice magic items yada 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 what if someone just either was a weak necromancer or just had a lot of money like you can just have a rich asshole who hires like some person who learned the basics of necromancy but then you know got kicked out of wizard school when that was learned So then they are only able to raise zombies and skeletons, but aren't so good at the controlling them side of things. So a smart asshole could make use of such an individual. So in their regular life, they could just create the basically fake scenario of, oh, no, there's these you know, dead, rising from the graveyard of this, you know, medium sized town. Uh Oh, how terrible. But wait, um, this rich guy figured out a secret that if you do something or if he does something, you know, to the grave, then that grave is not able to be affected by this terrible necromancy. So you just need to pay him monthly payments and he will protect the graves of your loved ones. And there's different tiers. For example, for just a
1: dollar a month, you can join his Discord. Hey fed No, you don't you don't need to pay one dollar a month to join a Discord. You, you you can just join our Discord for free. Our Discord is free. Yes.
2: <laughs> Please do support us on Patreon. We appreciate that a lot. <laughs> i hadn't even made that connection fuck you for putting it in my brain now (laughs) but seriously i think it's safe to say that by most definitions that dude is a massive cunt and that is a awful human being and yet it doesn't require particularly powerful magic it just requires cunning and a willingness to be a dick and yet that person could actually make a significant amount of gold by such a scheme and actually have the respect of the town in doing so which fucking sucks so let's pretend that such a person does end up just getting chosen by you know the dark powers to become a dark lord so such a person then is in their own realm and This is one thing where I think it becomes interesting to think about, you know, why Dark Lords and Domains of Dread might exist in your world. Because it is entirely possible that an asshole like that might just do worse things as they did become wealthier and potentially more powerful by the classical definitions as well. So the mists, the dark powers, might actually have good intentions in your world. Again, I'm just saying all of this for the sake of argument. Generally, this is not something that I believe. But let's just say that they make that the Mists and the Dark Powers pull that entire town of, let's say, 5,000 individuals into its own domain of dread. And that as far as the rest of the world is concerned, like, hey, wait, I thought that there was a village there. No, nope, guess not. I mean, the trees here are the right ages of the surrounding woods so i guess it was just a mistake on the map oh well and just life goes on for the area around and like that's one of the fucking terrifying aspects of just what the mists are capable of so i've mentioned in the past that mind control and especially just the erasure of self is just terrifying to me personally and that's something that's actually pretty common for the mists to do so one of the actual phrases that is used in the new book is mind taker mists because it is able to just kidnap individuals from across the multiverse dragging them into the domains of dread that is a sentence that i just read out from the book and that fucking terrifies me the idea that okay Not only can you be multidimensionally kidnapped, but then also have the mists suppress or even just flat-out erase your memories in the process? That's fucking terrifying. (laughs) And again, given that a lot of this book is horror-themed, that is absolutely something that you can play up. Because we mentioned in Tuesday's episode that you can just have your adventuring party get kidnapped into a domain as you know the start of adventure and actually one other detail that i did not mention in that though this is one potential way that you could have a party even get assembled that they're just you know a group of you know four people or so that just are brought from different areas of the world even from just different universes entirely different timelines it doesn't fucking matter with these kinds of places You can just do shit, and that's cool. But then you can also say all of these individuals just are teleported, brought into, suddenly come to awareness in this place, again, however you choose to describe it. But then you can also add that extra little bit of fear of, you know, you all assemble here, but as you do, you know, just have the, you know, campfire chat, each of you suddenly will come to realize You can remember your own name, but you can't actually remember the name of any other person in your life. You don't remember your parents' names, your mentors, if you had an apprentice or some such. All the memories of anyone's names are simply gone from your mind. And you're not sure exactly when you lost that memory. And you're not 100% sure what that means the longer you stay here. So you can imply maybe someone loses more and more memories the longer that they stay in a domain. And what's also equally terrifying. You as the dungeon master can actually make that true or false. Maybe they did just lose the names. Maybe they will actually lose all of their personal memories if they stay here for some amount of time. And that's fucking terrifying. So if you want to create motivation, to succeed in the quest as quickly as fucking possible. There you go. The idea of I will lose what makes me me if I am to stay here for some amount of time, especially if I don't know what that amount of time is, you bet your ass I am going to do everything in my power to do the thing as quickly as possible. Anything that is the slightest hindrance.
1: You know what's the best <laughs> thing about this is that uh, there's a there's a line somewhere where um, mm-hmm. you know you're like, okay, I forgot the thing. Um you know what guys, I've forgotten enough, I give up. You guys can move on. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm just Maybe.
2: Gonna, I'm just gonna and sit actually, here and cry for a while. So this also goes back to something I briefly touched on in Tuesday's episode two, the fact that in the domains, a lot of the individuals there are soulless but even so a lot of the people even if they have souls are often you know kind of on the dour side and not the most emotional and in barovia it's actually pretty explicitly written that even though everyone knows living near Strahd's fucking castle is a dangerous place to be they can't conceive of actually going anywhere else so having just the memory aspect of the mists Influencing a domain like that is explicitly possible. The fact that, yeah, you're new here, but if you're here for some amount of time, like, even if you do still have your soul, just ambition and drive might just get worn out of you in this place. And again, there are so many types of horror. Like, existential horror, like that, though, that gets me personally. And that actually takes us to something a little exercise that I want to play. Nathan, what is the first resource that every dungeon master has before they crack open a book, before they watch anything or talk to another person? What does every DM have? The memory? Themselves, yes. So a dungeon master making use of their life experiences for the sake of storytelling, can be the first thing that a Dungeon Master has available to pull from. So because of the fact that I myself have this existential fear of memory loss, and part of that also is that my family has a history of Alzheimer's, so that is a very real concern for me personally.
1: Alzheimer's.
2: It is a fear that I myself have and understand. So as a dungeon master, I could potentially use that in my storytelling, because again, the best way to make another person feel something is to feel it yourself. So with that being said, the exercise that I want to play with you, Nathan, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: we're going to create the Dark Lord Remy. (laughs) So there are a number of things listed here and questions to be asked for the sake of making your own Dark Lords and then in their own Domains of Dread. So I can think of no better way to actually demonstrate that than by doing it. Mm -hmm. So what is going to be a kind of fun side of this, though? I am not going to answer any of the questions. Nathan, I'm going to have you Answer or make up answers Mm -hmm. to these things that we're going to use to make a caricature of myself as a dark lord. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This should be interesting, but I cannot deny that I'm slightly afraid of what's going to come up. So before we actually go into the questions, I'm just going to read the opening paragraph for you to keep in mind as we go forward with this. Domains are mocking reflections of the evils they confine. Each has a purpose, being a prison designed to to torture a deliberately chosen villain. To devise a Domain of Dread, you must first conceive its central antagonist and prisoner, its Dark Lord. The following sections detail how to develop a Dark Lord that contrasts your characters and can serve as a central rival in your horror adventures. So we need to figure out a few things about the Dark Lord Remy. Mm-hmm. So the first section here talks about the Dark Lord's past life. So who are they before they truly crossed that line into irredeemable? So there's a lot of these, a lot of questions here. I'm just going to kind of pick and choose through them for the sake of time. Ba, ba, ba. Okay. Who did the Dark Lord care about? Absolutely no one. Uh- <laughs> okay who cared about the dark lord a friends and family whose respect or love did the dark lord crave the world <laughs> what did the dark lord value cleanliness <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting Preston, he has a, a level oh, we'll get into the the interpretations in a bit we'll get sure. there trust me all right so now we go into the actual personality traits like any character has in D&D. Can you describe a one-sentence ideal that I have that governs my greater actions? Uh, ideal. It's like, what drives me?
1: I want to be in a space... I, I want to live a life where I can lie down and do absolutely nothing.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to skip Bond, because you basically said that I don't have any, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is my fatal flaw? Uh, so, fa- the, example? some options that they list here, fear, hatred, insecurity, jealousy, mayhem, obsession, selfishness, shame. Okay, so, um, fatal flaw. Fear, uh, hatred, insecurity, jealousy, mayhem, obsession, selfishness, what, shame. What, what What do you mean by fear? I mean anything. Like some, like a lot of villains have like fear of death as their driving motivation. Right? Can
1: Can we just switch it out with like fear of like uh like um germs or something like that?
2: Okay, you're getting a little <laughs> on the silly side.
1: <laughs> Fine. Uh, f- like let's let's just go with um. I I don't know. We go with a simple one. Uh, Fear of death works.
2: Sure. Okay, fear of death. Yeah, I mean, that is a fear that I have because I'm likely to die young. Yeah, so that certainly works. So another fun section here, there is an entire section that is titled Corrupt Beyond Redemption. So, the whole idea is that to be a Dark Lord means that you must have done something that truly crosses the line into being irredeemable, not just, you know, not just capital E evil, but even a step beyond that to irredeemable.
1: I can tell you what happened. Oh? There was a zoo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so uh, all the elephants died, and, uh, there was... See, that's an evil act. I don't think that that truly becomes irredeemably evil. On no. the other hand, we could say that that is a first evil act. So let's yes. pretend then that the Dark Lord Remy that we're building here yeah. is the one that we described the other week in modern D&D, mm-hmm. where just I myself suddenly get a warlock. Yeah, pact yes. And then so- just take the steps necessary to advance down that path of power. Right. OK. <laughs> So yeah, a first evil act could be just slaughtering the zoo animals for the sake of experience and level-ups. So yeah, that is absolutely a possible first evil act. But what would be the line cross? So after that happens, what line do I cross to become irredeemably evil?
1: I would say just genocide. That works. Because, um... No, not, not just that. You would intentionally create a system where humans are
2: bred and trained so for you to kill and then gain experience that way. So you're saying so basically I would create <laughs> adventures specifically to oppose me to grant more experience once yes. I killed them. Yes. I like that. Alright. Yeah. That also does sound like a me thing to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you you would intentionally make make it that way so you would know exactly when to kill them. <laughs> Where yep. it'll give you the most experience for your effort.
2: Yeah. That yeah, good job, Nathan. That's that's a good one. So then there's a whole bunch more questions that are about just the development of a Dark Lord. And what's funny is you actually answered the first one. What was the first depraved act that they committed? So, yeah, good job on that one (laughs) poor elephants. So another one that is less relevant to Dark Lord Remy, but is just an interesting question for DMS to think about in general. Was the Dark Lord rewarded or celebrated for their evil? Did the reaction encourage greater crimes? And were the rewards earned or justified?
1: Uh, Incredibly justified.
2: So, okay, to use, you know, another kind of real-life-ish example, Mm -hmm. uh, Vlad Tepish is, you know, Prince of Wallachia, the guy who inspired Dracula. Like, Dracula's, Mm. you know, pretty obviously based on that dude. So... One of the things that he's infamous for, like the reason he's also known better as Vlad the Impaler, is that he stabbed wooden stakes through thousands of people to warn people, hey, this is my land, these are my people, fuck off. And there's, you know, some historical debate about exactly how his people saw him, but, you know, it could be interpreted that people would respect the lengths that he went to to keep them safe, because you know living in the medieval period wasn't exactly the best time (laughs) so Mm -hmm. when you do have you know other powerful empires trying to you know take over your land and kill their people to have you know that type of quote-unquote monster in charge can actually help some people feel safe because he's their monster against outside forces you're my monster but then of course you know the story event well Watch Dracula movies. There's a lot of them that do show the story in more detail. Yeah, I'll do that. You're not. <laughs> and I'm saying it for them, not for you.
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So, doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent
3: healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use
2: GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
2: Okay. And there's honestly a lot more questions here that I'm just going to skip over most of. Ooh. Did the dark, Did the future Dark Lord realize that they were losing any hope of redemption, yet choose to commit other heinous oh, yeah, acts in definitely. keeping with their flaw?
1: You're like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucked up, aren't I? It's like, yeah, but yeah, XP. I,
2: I am become the bad guy.
1: <laughs> I am the v- bad You v- don't, might as well lean into it, you know? <laughs> and then you do the evil laugh and like, damn, I'm good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if I'm going to be the villain, I'm going to be the best villain that I can be. Yay i mean as shitty as it is i can see you know a power mad version of myself taking that path so that's one of the scariest things to realize if any of you do choose to play this game uh some of the options and paths that you might come up with might seem a little bit um possible and not as far out there as you might think (laughs) so for better and for worse But on the other hand, that might really make creating such an individual that much more impactful because of the fact that you can play them because they are you, which is why this is the route I'm choosing to take to show this. Okay, how did the dark powers use these acts to craft the perfect prison domain for the dark
1: lord? Is it supposed to be
2: something that is bad for the Dark Lord? Something mocking? Yes, because the Domain of Dread, part of what makes that so interesting is the fact that it is a trade-off in a way. Okay. The villain, the Dark Lord, is banished from the typical multiverse, but they usually also get some amount of control and power within the domain. However... Mm-hmm. The domain itself was created by the Dark Powers to be the perfect prison for the Dark Lord themselves. They cannot escape by any means, period. Oh my god, this is amazing. So what would be the perfect prison for the Dark Lord Remy?
1: I imagine it needs to be horrible for you too, right? So um what I would say is that essentially think of it as if somebody turned on the gore and then t- added a modifier of times two <laughs> <laughs> to everything someone sneezes it's just like this mess someone gets a cut it's a fountain <laughs> it's great um, it's horrible <sighs> oh god okay D- disease is run for one
2: r- while you have inspired an idea in my head that I wish I wouldn't say out loud but it's just too Please perfect do. <laughs> two things So number one, you mentioned the fact that part of my pursuit of power is to prevent me having to take actions Mm. to allow me to be lazy. Right. So the worst thing for the Dark Lord Remy would be to have have like the type of kingdom where I am the one in charge, but it is the type of kingdom where all the goddamn annoying commoners are constantly bothering me for tedious bullshit. Oh, that would be amazing. It would be awful. (laughs) But then the others, the second part, that would be the one that will make you cackle. There is no prestidigitation in my domain. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes!
2: (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is all I wanted, all I wished for. And that would so that would torture me for literally ever. It's like imagine the idea of you being, can do imagine anything. I I am the king of a high magic kingdom where instead of getting peace to myself to eternally rest, I have idiots bothering me all the time and I lack The one spell to make my life truly easy. Yay. (laughs) I would hate that so much. It's just like the most passive aggressive world is like, oh, fuck you. And again, that's part of what I love about the idea of a domain of dread. It is individually tailored to the Dark Lord in question. So it is actually possible here, it might very well be that the people in my domain. Might not have terrible lives, but the unfortunate fact for me, though, like the thing that would torture me most is that only idiots get pulled into my realm and they're like, oh, this place actually isn't so bad.
1: I like this or, place. I should stay
2: here <laughs> or no. you can go the other route. So, Nathan, what is another just defining aspect of me that is a negative? And I'm not talking personality wise here defining why uh, am i likely to die young diabetes diabetes so i have type 1 diabetes so the genetic kind not the fat person kind probably shouldn't phrase it that way even though i have it oh well you're not gonna edit that out (laughs) yeah (laughs) but the thing is that is something that is on my mind all the goddamn time because if i ever don't pay attention to it for a few hours I can just die. So one of the aspects of horror that is described in this book is body horror. However, the method of body horror that is usually thought about and described and shown in movies, a lot of it is just the idea of your body getting morphed or transformed in some way. But there are a lot more aspects to it than just that. So... I myself just am terrified of the failure of my body because my body is quite literally trying to kill me. And that is a horror that I experience day and night and will forever, unless we do eventually come up with some cure. But at this point in time, such does not exist. So I am forever afraid of just suddenly dying because I can't. Don't don't, just just don't. well that's not how fear works nathan <laughs> so the thing is that is something that i could use that fear in my D game so let's say another aspect of just the dark lord remy is the fact that body horror could also be a part of that domain that one of the flaws of just being in that world All is kids. that the failure of my fear of failure of the human body, actually, it basically manifests in that domain as actual body horror. Whether that is just, you know, pustules that grow on people, whether that is, like, actual aberrations. Like, honestly, the idea of there actually being beholderkin and, and, like, sentient (laughs) beholders in my domain... But that I can't be one of them. Ah, yes, there we go. That would also torture me forever. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so my domain would likely be a kind of just gross, sickly, aberrant, filled, horrible place. I love, I love this personal hell for you. And to now take that step back to the D and D side of things, we now have just created a demiplane. So my Domain of Dread, where adventurers might get pulled in by the mists and just see this just horribly sickly little town. They might ha- just see skittering aberrations in the woods. Like maybe every single creature there is mutated in some small way. Like maybe just instead of normal wolves, it might just be a wolf with a singular eye stalk. Just looking like a beholder, but without the eye beam that is just running along with a pack of similar creatures just by and just describing everything as just that little bit of fucked up and just showing just this grossness, this wrongness to the world. That's a damn D&D environment right there. And that is exactly the kind of place where you could play out a campaign pretty easily and we came up with that in what 10 15 minutes if that so we now have this domain of dread we have the motivation behind this actual dark lord so now let's actually talk a little bit more about the dark lord remy because one other aspect that is described is a monstrous transformation because a lot of dark lords are monsters in some variety or another it might be that they just were a supernatural creature to begin with or just gain such abilities somehow so with that in mind what should the dark lord remy be
1: i you can't be a beholder because that's too good (laughs) why You, you said it specifically yourself it's another little punishment.
2: It would just make me happy.
1: Oh, wait, I got it. Mm-hmm. You 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 have all the features of a beholder, but you can't fly and you can't shoot laser beams and your stalks do shit. That yay. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I'm just like a crappy kind of beholderkin, where just like yeah. my head is basically like a tiny like a gazer or something. Oh no, I was and
1: thinking And I just more- don't have
2: actual eye beams i was thinking more lines of you are a
1: beholder but you can't fly and no magic beams and shit but you just roll around
2: okay so that is something that would be an eternal torture but again then we fall into the other side of a dark lord to kind of balance it which is that they are supposed to be the you know the lord of their domain it's kind of in the name dark lord so you're nerfing a little bit too hard i would argue
1: well, I guess the 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 one where you adjust your head to beholder thing will work.
2: Yeah. And maybe I only have like the less interesting eye beams just like I'm not lucky enough to get like the disintegration or death ray. Hey, you still have or charm. even the telekinesis just because I'm not that You still, that have charm. Lucky.
1: You still have charm.
2: Like I only have like sleep and paralyze and fear and slow. That would suck.
1: What about charm? <sighs>
2: See, charm could actually be useful. Mm. So I'm trying to think, like, if I just had the four least interesting ones, sleep, like, ugh, like, uh, just imagining that, like, the Dark Lord Remy made this pact with a beholder, and upon ascending to a Dark Lord, like, actually does become a beholder kin. So I'm like on my way to actually getting to be a beholder, but then I don't get any of the actual useful abilities out of it. Like that, oh, that man. would fit with for with an eternal torture. Oh, that would make me so unhappy.
1: It, it, it's just like never quite being there. Yeah. So, my, go ahead. My my favorite thing about this whole setting is just like, oh, Remy is just like, oh, damn, it's raining today. <laughs> and then it's like he, he looks out the window and then he notices beneath his seat there's a puddle and it's slightly muddy and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I, 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 can't
2: I can't just press the digitation in a way. <laughs> I, can, I can't press the digitate.
1: Oh, oh, no.
2: Ah, especially if we consider that, like, warlock version of me probably did have prestidigitation and got used to using it all the time. Ah, that that honestly does hurt me, even now.
1: No, and and it's one of those things where, like, once you've used it, you can never go back. It's like, imagine, you're like, you have cleaners and stuff, and they're cleaning, but it just, to you, since it's, it just feels like they're
2: just moving around the dirt all over the floor. (laughs)
1: Because it's it's not quite
2: the same. Alright, so moving on a little bit past just the idea here of the Dark Lord Remy. Of what actually happens that makes a Dark Lord a Dark Lord. So, the way that's described in the book, I'm actually not as fond of. Upon the completion of the Dark Lord's greatest irredeemable act, the mists drag them, and perhaps the lands around them, into the Domains of Dread. So. That is a little bit too active, in my opinion. Like, my personal preference would be the idea that when they die, that they are separated from the multiverse to prevent any potential of resurrection or rebirth or anything like that. But again, this is where we go back to what I said on Tuesday. What actually are, like, the active mind or minds behind all of this? So the idea that if you did have like your deity of death, like be the one in control of all of this to make this an actual part of your world's afterlife system is kind of awesome, I think. Although, again, this is, of course, personal bias. But the idea that there are some people who should not be able to get resurrected, that there are some people who are so goddamn dangerous for one reason or another that they should not be allowed to remain on the material plane, that creates some interesting potential to me. So going with the idea then that the deity of death is using the mists and creating the domains of dread to imprison these irredeemable evils, I think is really fucking cool. So imagine then that, okay, to go back to that first example we were using of just rich asshole creates a scheme to become richer But at the expense of the town where he lives, you know, both financially and the fact that these undead are absolutely killing people in the town. So the knowledge that, oh, that necromancer is going to grow in power, the fact that that individual may become even greedier and just make worse choices, it becomes interesting then. To have a deity of death. Make the active choice. Or again it doesn't have to be the deity of death. You might have again these dark powers. Be their own thing. And you know canonically they are. So the dark powers. Make this choice. Okay this town has 5000 people. If this person. Continues their evil. And let's just say that okay. The whole completion of. Irredeemable act I mentioned a few minutes ago. This let's say that the rich asshole does make some choice for them to ascend their crimes in some real fucked up way that would hurt way more people. Like, let's say they make the choice to poison a river that leads to the capital city and is their water supply. And that he like owns, you know, the company that has miraculously quote unquote, has a stockpile of the cure ready. That is something that would kill tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people depending you know on just your world's demographics so maybe the dark powers then make the choice that when the guy actually does make the active decision to go through with this that that entire town does get pulled into a new domain of dread it sucks to be a resident of that town but in doing so like the powers themselves are protecting thousands and thousands more like how active you want this kind of system to be is an important choice if you do just make use of any of this so whether it is when the act is decided when something is done when the individual dies if they can die like maybe you actually set it up a little differently even where you know they do you do have the lich who has somehow figured out, you know, multiple phylacteries or, you know, the bad guy who's just has the clone spell. Like you have an arch wizard who just has a thousand clones in the multiverse and that you just can't kill them. So then you either create or figure out some ritual just to banish them into a domain or you make a deal with the dark powers, you know, for them like maybe you do like have to sacrifice a town like and that their lives fuel the creation of the domain to forever imprison this being that would otherwise be an eternal damnation on the world there are a lot of ways of how all of this can be handled and to me that is a pro of this entire system and book that it is infinitely malleable and that there are infinite options of how you can apply this to your D&D games. So however you decide to use it, I do highly suggest taking a look through Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft and using the Domains of Dread to deal with or to create and make use of Dark Lords in your own world. Howdy folks! Uh one massively important feature that I unfortunately forgot to mention in the original recording. One aspect of Dark Lords entrapped within a domain of dread is the fact that generally their imprisonment is intended to be eternal. Even if they weren't immortal in the first place, that for some reason or another, some method or another, they are generally unable to permanently die. And again, I am using the word generally on purpose, because of course, as a DM, you can decide otherwise. So, Strahd, for example, can be like, has probably been killed quite a few times by this point, and yet Barovia still exists, led over by Strahd Vanzerevich. So, how you choose to treat that is of course up to you as well. They can simply, you know, revive one day later like a Lich. They might just suddenly be there and people just have no memory of their death because again the memory aspect is a terrifying aspect that can be played with in a lot of ways You know, or maybe they do actually die for some amount of time, but have a cult following that is endeavoring to bring them back. And that could actually be an adventure in its own right. Is, you know, your players trying to stop someone from resurrecting a dark lord, or they might actually be the cult trying to resurrect a dark lord. That would actually be a pretty interesting evil campaign. But regardless of how you choose to interpret and make use of that fact, a Dark Lord is generally going to be functionally immortal to maintain the fact that they are forever trapped outside the multiverse at large within their domain of dread. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tier start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And that's it for today.